Hello. Hello. Hello, and welcome to Grace Online. We're really excited for you to be able to receive an encouraging word from Scripture today. Because we know that God is already here, and He is ready to be with you. And let's get ready to hear today's message. Good morning, I'm Vicki Braddock, and I'm one of the elders here at Grace Lutheran Church. And I'm also um, very honored to be on the school board for our Grace Lutheran School, a wonderful ministry. Woohoo! Thank you. We had our first school board meeting a week and a half ago, and it was wonderful and very productive. So just keep prayers for that church and that school. Thank you. Today, we're going to be reading from Psalm 25, if you'd like to turn to your pew Bibles. To you, O Lord, I lift my soul. In you, I trust O oh my God, do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumphant over me. No one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame, but they will be put to shame who are treacherous without excuse. Show me your ways, O oh Lord, teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior, and my hope in all you all day long. Remember, O oh Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you are good, O oh Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his ways. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful, for those who keep the demands of his covenant. For the sake of your name, O Lord, forgive my inequities. Though it is great, who then is the man that fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the ways chosen for him. This is the word of the Lord. Well, six weeks ago, we started our series with the Songs of the Psalms. Today, I'm going to be doing the finishing cut on this album put together by the Grace Lutheran Band for Christ. Amen. Mine is going to be a little bit more on the rock and roll side. <laughs> I find it interesting that the band leader is David, the youngest son of Jesse, chosen by God to be a mighty king. I find it interesting that we really just really remember David as a young man with a stone and a sling who conquered a Goliath, a giant. Yet, David was a man always sinking God's own heart. Now picture David conducting the band or sitting in the sound booth and bringing together this album for all of us to listen to as we are rejoicing, thanking, lamenting, praising, and crying out to our Abba Father. Psalm 25 is a self-reflection, self-examination. David expresses his wish to be in a loving and victorious relationship with God. He wants to be led, guided step by step down the correct path. David prays for forgiveness for his past sins. David is demonstrating his humility through praising and lamenting. Psalm 25 is my song of crying out to the Lord, seeking his forgiveness, his refuge, and his guidance, because he is mighty to save. He is a God who saves. Psalm shows how David was 
desperately, entirely with God and seeking him and developing that relationship. He was developing that relationship through seeking God, forgiveness based on God's mercy and love, guidance by leading his path through humility and integrity. Have you ever done anything that you haven't been really proud of? Have you said something to someone that you were not really excited that you said? Well, I have way too many times. But when I'm in my quiet time, a lot of self-reflection pops up. Whether through my devotional or through my journaling, I cry out to the Lord. I ask for help. But sometimes I'm too ashamed, embarrassed, or downright stubborn to truly admit my sins. Right from the beginning of Psalms, David is crying out to the Lord because he has nowhere else to go. In the first verse, To you, O Lord, I lift my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. David is crying out, giving all he has to God. In Hebrew, when we're lifting up one's soul, that means that we're directing our desire towards something. For David, it was to someone. David is trusting the Lord. Not just trusting, but with all his heart, his mind, his soul, and his strength. Because David needed God. David loved God. And as David is crying out, he is truly letting everything hang out. He's begging for forgiveness needing God's mercy. In verse 6, remember your great mercy and love. In verse 7, remember not the sins of my youth and rebellious ways. Verse 9, all your ways are loving and faithful. Verse 11, forgive my inequities, my inequities. It sounds like a nice word, but really it means wicked. That means I'm asking God to forgive my wicked words, my wicked thoughts, my wicked deeds. When I ask to forgive these things, he says, Vicki, what wicked thoughts, what wicked deeds, what wicked words? You see, when you're asking for forgiveness, we need to confess not just to say, oh, please forgive me. God is saying, forgive you for what? He wants us to spell it out, okay? Well, that's a horse of a whole different color, you see, because it really does make me have to do this forgiveness conversation with God. It really brings it to the real surface. How real do I want to go? But remember just last week when God said, John said, God already knows what's in our hearts and minds. But what God really wants is us you, me, to trust him, as stated in verse 1. O Lord, I lift my soul in you, I trust. But do I? See, about 10 years ago, May 1st, um, I was working at a school, and I had a phone call was given to me. My secretary said, there's somebody on the phone for you. They won't give their name. And I thought, I was a principal, and I thought, Dad, just another angry parent, no big deal, I can handle it. And I said, hi, this is Vicki Braddock, how may I help you? Um, are you the wife of Dennis Braddock? Yes. Uh, the one that has a place up at Silver Lakes? I'm like, yes, and I'm thinking, oh, he's dead or he's hurt or whatever. 
no, those aren't the words that I heard. What I heard was, you know he's having a long-term relationship with so-and-so for the last year. For those of you that know me, being speechless is not in my typical character. I was speechless. And my secretary walked up to me and said, are you okay? And I'm like, I got to go. And so she prayed over me. Now, I asked my husband to come home, and he did, and he denied it. And I believed him. Now, you might be sitting there going, huh? When they say you are blind, when you're married and in love, you truly are. Fast forward to June 1st, one month later. In six weeks from June, I was, going to, I was having double knee replacement. But on June 1st, um, my husband and I had dinner, and then he went to walk the dog, and I couldn't because I really couldn't walk. And uh, he called, but he thought he was calling her, but he called me by mistake. This was truly God's wake-up call. When he came in the house, um, I demanded that he tells me what's going on, and he denies it, believe it or not. But this time, I didn't take the bait. I said, no, no. So he finally admitted to it. And so my point being is that the first words out of my mouth were, you're forgiven. And somebody so nicely said to me, no, you didn't forgive him at that point. Well, think of forgiveness as like an onion a layer at a time for us. For God, when we ask for forgiveness, it's immediate and it's forgotten forever. But for us, it's not. So that first dermis layer was taken away because I needed to move forward. And I know when you say forgiveness, you move forward. And ironically, 10 years ago, I was doing the James study with a small group of women and at this point today in 2023, I'm doing the same study again by Beth Moore. And I remember reading this 10 years ago, and then it said, verse 2 in James 1, Consider it great joy, brothers, when facing trials of many kinds. Well, no, I don't think it's fun to do that. But when I look at it now at 2023, the word consider means reflect, think about. So think about those trials. And I can tell you that that beginning 10 years ago was a time in which God was perfectly had it all lined down in a great path because the day after Dennis decided to admit that he was, infidel, he was uh, unfaithful, the next day I was going to a Crescio training. And I was surrounded by brothers and sisters in Christ for six full weeks. The day, the Sunday after Crescio was over it, that Tuesday I had double knee replacement. And I was surrounded by sisters in Christ that were there at the hospital. You see, forgiveness, again, is a layer. And as I've slowly, through the 10 years, been able to forgive him at each layer, it comes like ripping off a Band-Aid. It still hurts. But I understand that forgiveness for me is the only way that I can truly move forward and be able to have a, a, a relationship with people. Because, let's put it this way, no one ever meets my expectations, and I don't meet yours. But the bottom line is, we are here for each other, no matter who we are, what we are, and how we are. So God is all about forgiveness, as David was crying out and lamenting to him. And it is through that grace and mercy of God and listening to the Holy Spirit, God can free our anguish, as stated in verse 17, and he can take away our sins. Okay. So now God has taken away my sins and forgiven us. 
now, how do I, what do I do with the ugly stuff now? How do I make sure I don't repeat this? Well, I have to look to the Lord to show me the ways and guide me in his truth and teach me because he is my Savior and he is my hope in all the day long. Proverbs 3, 5, 6, I know many of you know it, but it really is so beautiful about how God guides our path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and always acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Back in that time when these wonderful words were written, the roads were paved with big grooves from the, the, the wagons of the horses dragging them through. When God makes our path straight, he's putting us in a groove. He's putting us in a groove, and that way we can't veer to the right, to the left. We can only go straight, right? But what do we do? We claw our way out of that path, and we think we can do it on our own. And boy, you have to claw your way out when God has put you on his path. Because listen to what the path that God gives us is so beautifully written. Then who then is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way chosen for him. I love how God has a personal path for us. It is unique to each one of us. If only we would listen to him and stay on that path. And now that we've gotten our path, we've, been we've confessed, we've been forgiven, we've gotten our personal path and destination, we must do it with humility and integrity. You see, integrity is lacking in the world, but it is a step-by-step -step process in which we clarify our values, we have to be honest with ourselves, and we have to be clear about what's going on inside ourselves. If we're full of muck and stuff, that's, all this stuff doesn't come out real clearly. But again, verse 9, he guides the humble in what is right and teaches us his way. Verse 16, he helps me to remember my inequities, remembering that God was and is gracious to me, especially when I'm lonely and afflicted. And verse 15, for only he released my feet from the snare. Now, I told you my, a little bit about my story, but I can tell you, countless times I left my marriage and Dennis at the cross. I left it there. I gave it to God. And what did I do? I picked it right back up. How many times do we do that? I give this to you, God, and then we lament about it, and we start to cry about it. But at some point, I finally listened, and strangely enough, when I did, through the prompting of the Holy Spirit, I truly left it at the cross, and that yoke was taken and lifted from my shoulders. And I can truly tell you, it's been 10 years, we're pretty much done with that onion, but I am completely at peace and at joy and at love to the point where I can actually still express that to Dennis. Uh, two years ago, he was diagnosed with prostate cancer, and he's still a little bit battling with it. But I keep telling him, because I don't know where he is with his faith even to this day, that I am praying for you, that I still love you, my friends are praying for you, but that is all because of him helping me break away those layers that self-reflection, that it's not about me, that it's about him. And how am I going to show the love of Christ even in my awful dark times? Because of this joy, peace, and love, I have a new spring in my step. As I conclude, 
I want to reflect on how David began this lament. O Lord, I lift my soul to you. In you I trust. In verse 15, my eyes are ever on the Lord. Psalm 25 teaches us to seek the Lord in hard times, no matter the reason or how we got there. God wants us to call on him, to depend on him. He wants us to have that deep relationship with him. Jeremiah 29, 13, and when I seek you, I will find you when I seek you with all my heart. David was that man, a man seeking God's own heart, a man who knew only God could save him. God is the only one to save us. He is If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us online at gracehb.org.